1: How's it going? Brian Mazurowski here with you for the next hour or so. Thanks for hanging out with me here on WBEN. Eight hundred three oh nine thirty is the number. Eight hundred three oh nine three zero the number to give me a call or a text on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board if you want to talk about any of the things that we'll be uh, doing today. And uh, there will be a few. Have to start off with, first and foremost, a uh, big update. Here uh, for me on my personal list I have made the decision this morning it is official it has my stamp of approval I am now adding Twin Cities Highway to my list of terrible roads that's uh, I mean that's it T- today was the final straw I had to do it and now it becomes official uh, specifically let's see once you uh, get past the pedestrian bridge, basically all the way to where it ends up on uh, Erie, it's terrible now. I mean, it's like, doo-dum, 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 and then you're dodging all the potholes in between. But even with, the, if you dodge all the potholes, you still have the, boom, 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 boom. Every little bit you go. And this morning was the last straw as I was driving in. I just, oh oh my goodness, it was enough. I couldn't take it anymore. So it is on my list now. It wasn't before, but it has been added to the list of terrible roads by me. It's official. Breaking news, you heard it here first. Uh, They're trying to work on some of those terrible roads. I saw a cruise out yesterday on Niagara Falls Boulevard in between, let's see, uh, where did that go? In between, like, Maple and Sheridan, and they're working on digging up that whole thing. I mean, that's been a mess for some time now. And then I don't know what exactly was going on on Sheridan Drive in between the Boulevard and Delaware, where there was some, you know, big construction action happening, and all of a sudden a long line of cars where I just took one look at it and said, nope, and did a big Uey. Right in the middle of the road, because I was not about to wait there. So uh, you know, construction season is in full swing, and I'm adding a project to everybody's list: Twin Cities Highway. It's official. You're on the you're on the list of those terrible roads all around Western New York. Another big story we were talking about this morning. Let me paint a picture for you. All right, let me paint a picture for you. Uh corporation looking to build a big project right on the cusp of or in the middle of a natural resource in western New York. But it's getting pushback for people who say you have not thought about the environmental impact of what you're about to build. And I don't care about the money you can make or the benefit. You need to really think about the long-term and unknown ramifications of big construction near this natural resource. Now, what if I told you that the Sierra Club and local Democrats were the ones voicing their support? Of the corporation building the structure. And it's Republicans in these conservative groups saying, hold up, wait, what about the environment? (laughs) I mean, what is going on? Nothing like this wind turbine topic to just turn everything you know about local politics on its head. Right? I mean, it is going like exactly in the way that you wouldn't think of. And, you know, maybe just another example of how everything has become far too political. Earlier this morning, we had Jim Hanley on uh, to talk about this wind turbine project in Lake Erie. I mean, they, they want to build a wind farm in, not on the shores of, but in Lake Erie. Uh, I think it's about fifty wind turbines. Yesterday, it was the Republican congressman Chris Jacobs out saying he wants uh, new legislation that would prohibit wind turbines from being put in the Great Lakes, period. This is a debate that's happening in the Cleveland area uh, in Ohio. This has gone all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, they've put a halt on a project like this happening. But how strange is it to see these environmental groups pushing forward? I mean... you you try and build a little stage for some bands to play on the Outer Harbor. And all I've got, you know, socks and Birkenstocks uh, standing right by saying, hey, no, somebody think about the birds. You try to do anything. There's a big building with a hole in it <laughs> in Buffalo. You see it from the highway. And I've got everyone saying, hey, hang on a second. This is our, you know... Preservation environment needs to be maintained and upheld. But for some reason, when it's wind turbines, then, oh, wait, no, wait. We can't think about the environment anymore because wind energy would be so much better than any offsetting costs. What are those offsetting costs? Well, we don't really know because it hasn't really been done Before, it's just amazing how, you know, like that, things change. The environment matters. Those birds matter. Well, except for this time, because this is my group's thing. Then, you know, chop up the birds, whatever. I mean, it, it is wild to see that happen. And on the wind turbine issue itself. Where do you stand on this? I get more and more skeptical by the year. Let's dive into a story that this was uh, settled just recently, just uh, this past week. Now, you might uh, see wind turbines. I think maybe most people see them um, by, you know, the Lackawanna-Hamburg area, you know, right off the shore. You see them as you're driving along Route 5. A lot of people see them down in the south towns. And then there's some along the thruway. And those never seem to be moving. Well, on that, the New York State Thruway Authority, this was all part of a push by then-Governor Cuomo to move toward green energy sources. The Thruway Authority installed a bunch of wind turbines along the thruway. This happened back in 2015. The state then projected that it would save about $300,000 a year in utility costs because of the energy that the wind turbines would generate. Well, there's just one problem. None of them work. And just recently, a judge rejected a lawsuit from the Thruway Authority that was seeking reimbursement for four wind turbines installed along the Thruway here In western New York. Now the Thruway Authority in that lawsuit, uh, they were blaming the manufacturer, the engineer and the installer for the turbines not working much because of, get this, too much wind in the area. I mean, how the heck does that? There's too much wind for the wind turbine to turn. I think we better go back to the drawing board on this. Uh, However, the judge uh, wasn't really hearing that. The judge sided with the companies who claimed that the state went ahead and purchased the turbines and had them installed without doing the required studies, even after advising the state that if it didn't do those studies, there would be no warranty on the turbines if they didn't work. And what do you know what happened? The state didn't do the required studies bought and installed the wind turbines and they ended up not working because of the wind. The overall price tag for the wind turbines that won't work? Well, the Thuray Authority was seeking in that suit to recover what they said was $8.1 million for the cost. Again, as an aside, remember that next time you're talking about the stadium. Oh, the money could be spent way better. This is how the state spends money way better. $8.1 million for a bunch of wind turbines that will never turn. Now, the project, uh, as we said, could have saved $300,000 a year on costs. Even with that, if we take that $8.1 million the state was looking to recover, it would have taken 27 years for the project to pay off. And I'm not an engineering expert, but I'm going to guess that in western New York in 27 years, there's going to have to be some sort of maintenance done on those windmills to keep them working. Um, Now, 27 years for the project to pay off sounds like a long time, but actually that sounds pretty good compared to uh, it will never pay for itself now, and $8.1 million just went into the air. Luckily, it's too windy in that area. The money will just blow away. You won't have to think about it. But it's stories like that that make me skeptical of the wind turbine in general. I never know what to make of you hear a lot. One of the complaints are about the noise and how detrimental that could be to people who live nearby. And, you know, I'm sympathetic. That sounds like a a legitimate concern. But I'm not there to say whether that's overblown or whether that's very genuine. I'm not living that experience personally. I can't say that. I don't know how much energy the wind turbine would have to make to make the maintenance and installation worth it. But it seems like it would have to make a lot. And from the looks of it, the conditions have to be pretty specific in order for this to work at all. And then at the end of the day at the fight, you have the people who normally are saying, well, you know, we've got uh, people trying to put things up. Let them go. Why are you standing in the way of uh, industry? Why are you standing in the way of progress? Another group of people saying, hey, hang on a second. Why don't you think about the impact on the environment? (laughs) And it's the exact opposite of what you would expect. So I, I find that absolutely fascinating. And uh, you can comment on that. 803 But that's not my favorite story in the news. My favorite story is something we've talked about before here on As and Beamer. And that is the lawn mowing dispute in the town of Kenmore. Or the village, I guess, this would be. It's on Elmwood in Kenmore. It would be the village. This is, uh, we uh, spoke about this last year where we spoke with uh, Joe Farage. He owns a business on Elmwood Avenue. And he has had a beef with the village because they planted some grass in between the road and the sidewalk as part of, you know, you see this all over the place, one of these beautification projects. Uh, It's because of a plan to greenify and beautify the village. But he says that's not uh, what's happening at all. He says that, well, now what you end up with is a big, ugly mess that all of a sudden is his responsibility.
2: Their motive is to make the area look nicer. However, the end result is that it doesn't look good at all. And the layout is, is not correct. Uh, they need to plant grass that actually grows grass and not weeds. Uh, you know, every year they've, they've done this work, but now they're burdening all the business owners up and down Elmwood with the expense of maintaining it because it wasn't done properly. Every single commercial property apron has a mud hole on each side of the apron because people are driving over the grass, and it, if they should have taken human nature driving habits into you know effect, when they design this property, here's
1: how Kenmore Mayor Patrick Mang responded.
2: Any property owner is responsible for the upkeep of that property, even though it is our right away. Partially because of the winter is why you know it, it typically it takes the springtime, you know for everything to grow back. Uh, so and people have cut the corners probably during the winter, uh, and you know made mud rather than grass. So, but it so it'd be up to the property owner to you know. Fix that little bit of space that has been run over by other their patrons or whatever. Well, what I don't understand is why, when we try to do a nice project like this and, and and improve our community, that certain individuals just don't see that the value in it.
1: Oh, and I love that last quote from the mayor there, especially given the photos we have that you can look at at wben dot com. Because when you look at that and you uh, have the mayor there saying, I don't understand why people can't see. And by the way, uh, you know, we spoke with uh, Joe Farage. She says, you know, I get why they did this in the first place. I get what they're trying to do, but it's not working. They did it in the wrong way. But when you hear the mayor there saying, I don't see why people uh, are opposed to this idea to just make the neighborhood nicer. These photos are unbelievable <laughs> of what is supposed to be the space greenifying, beautifying the city. It is a patch of dirt and weeds. And when he says that people might have cut through there in the winter, the tire tracks I'm looking at were not left over from when it was snowy. They're fresh. People are driving through there right now. In part because, and you really need to see the photo to picture what we're talking about, But in part because the design of this patch of grass is terrible. Now, you picture it, right? It's like a trapezoid. You know what that is, right? (laughs) It's got, uh, you know, uh, two sides that run perpendicular to each other. And then there are sides that kind of flange out. Now, the way you think this would go would be the wider opening of road, and how this works in most places, the wider opening of road would be what's pointed toward the road, right? Because that gives more space for people to turn into and out of the complex. But the way this is built, the wider opening is pointed toward the parking lot, and the narrow opening side of that trapezoid is pointed toward the roadway, giving people less space to turn in and out of the complex so what happens well you have all these gross tire tracks all over the photos and the green space itself now that obviously does away with any green that might have been there but the green that is there let me tell you i thought my lawn looked bad then i saw this it's nothing but weeds and it's patchy weeds at that And to have somebody say, oh, I can't understand why somebody doesn't like our idea to beautify the neighborhood. This looks 10 times worse than if they just paved over the whole thing. You know, I'll go back to, I talked about Twin Cities. I'll go back to North Tonawanda. They uh, did a whole new sidewalk project along their main street in North Tonawanda. And most of that, the stuff that juts out, you know, there is some green space. There were some planters, a little bit of grass. But for the most part, it's all pavement. Why? Because you don't have to worry about something like this happening. Because maybe green space would look nicer, but this will stand up to the test of time. And then imagine this. I mean, this is basically what the village says and what I'm getting from this whole situation. I mean, it's almost like, Being gifted a puppy that you don't want. Somebody says, here you go. We did this great thing. I adopted a puppy. Now you got to take care of it. What? I didn't want this. I was telling you not to get it because people won't take care of it. And I don't have the time to do this. Well, I don't care. You got it anyway. That's kind of what happened with this patch of grass. Hey, look, we uh, beautified the neighborhood. Here's a patch of grass. Now mow it uh, and replant it and do everything. Maintain this for us. What? Wait, I didn't agree to this. When did this happen? You got to look at the photos at WBEN.com and let me know what you think. 803-0930 to join me here on WBEN. If you're on hold, stay with us. Beamass and Beamer, we'll be right back. Oh, we're going green today. Brian Maserowski here with you until 10 o'clock. Somebody texting in, I can't believe I got suckered into looking at photos, but Brian, you're spot on. I wouldn't lie to you. Go to WBEN.com. Look at these photos. It's incredible. And then listen to uh, the mayor in Kenmore (laughs) say that uh, he can't understand why anyone would complain. Plant this grass here, take care of it. And look at the end result. And then we're also focusing in on windmills over at Lake Erie. I don't. Is it as neat and tidy and green as an option as it appears? Uh, we'll go to Chris in Forestville. Chris, I, you got some windmills down there? Yeah, we do. Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle of them. There's a new
3: project going up around Forestville, Hanover area right now.
1: What is the impact? For you, I, I guess first, off, how close do you live to where these wind turbines are, and well, does it have an impact on you? Yeah, um, no, uh, visual, yeah,
3: but I'm not for them or against them. I don't mind them. When they were doing the Arkwright project, we drove up there and we parked right underneath them. Uh, they're not that loud; it just sounds like wind blowing. These units they're putting around here, um, they have dampeners on the blades, so they produce less energy. They're not as loud. Um, These ones will power approximately 700 homes each. The ones without the dampening blades, I guess, do like 11 or 1,200 homes, but they're louder. Those are the ones they put out in the middle of nowhere. Those are probably the ones they would want to put on the lake. I'm totally against putting these things out on the lake. When I look out at Lake Erie, I don't want to see a bunch of turbines and blinking red lights. Yeah, uh, if you if you look out across Lake Erie to Canada, you can see the windmill project. I believe it's in Oakfield. Those turbines are inland. They're not on. They're not even close to the edge of the lake. And you can see them from Buffalo, while Irving, that you know that area.
1: <laughs> I uh, I'm kind of with you, Chris, when you talk about this, and. Uh, I- When when it comes to the wind turbines in general, I don't know. I don't really have a strong feeling on it, I guess because I've never lived somewhere where they're putting one up right in my neighborhood, and until then I won't have a strong. But when it comes to the lake, I do find it kind of crazy that the normal people who are saying, you have to think about the birds, you have to think about this, uh, and that are saying, yeah, just go ahead and build this huge thing in the middle of the lake uh, that's never been done before and see what happens.
3: My opinion is keep Albany out of the construction business.
1: There you go I mean chris it, it could be that simple. thanks for the call 803-0930 on WBEN. Uh, barb in Chictawaga, you're on WBEN. What do you think about this?
4: Good morning, Brian. um well, my comment is is maybe a little off to the side, but um you know we have been hearing for years that you know this wind power, solar power, whatever. Maybe much less expensive, um, but I just recently got a letter from my energy supplier, my electric energy supplier. And, you know, New York State, you can choose who your supplier is from many, many different companies. And they're telling me um, my contract is coming up and please renew with us. New York State has a website. It's called NewYorkPowerToChoose.com. And there is a table on that website where you can compare side by side all of these energy suppliers. It also lists the sources of energy for each one of these suppliers. And as I was looking at these the other day, I realized that those who are offering uh, what we might call alternate sources of energy, wind, solar, those kinds of things, are much, much more expensive to the consumer. Um, So I, I guess I don't understand why we're being pushed in this direction, and we're going to have to pay more, I mean, I'm feeling tapped out. I don't know how much more I can pay in how many different areas of my life, you know, taxes, energy, food, everything. So I just, I think there's a disconnect. I think people should know they have a choice and that this website does provide information that can help them
1: choose. Barb, really appreciate the call. Thank you. Um, And and the whole you know, green energy is not as cut and dry as it seems. You know, we've talked about electric cars a ton here, right, on, uh, on this show. And the, and I try and make the point that, you know, listen, when I talk about them, I talk about how, you know, the benefits of electric cars, almost none of it has to do with being green. It's just about them being fun to drive. <laughs> and that's all I care about, honestly. Because when you start getting into, like, the green version of it, I you know, it's funny. Barb's talking, and it just reminded me. I, literally minutes ago, I got an, uh, an email, and I'm sure a lot of you do, from National Grid. Every month, they send you uh, your home energy report, your electricity use at a glance. How do you do? Are you fair, good, or great? And, you know, I have this car. I plug it in. And ever since, you know, hey, I'm not going to the gas station as much, right? I'm being green. Well, not when National Grid sends me my email and says, well, you're only in the fair category. Uh, your energy use is higher than similar homes. What's going on there, Brian? So, you know, it's <laughs> you, you end uh, one source and you take from another. At the end of the day, what happens? And then there's the story that we went through in the last half hour. You know, I, I just... It's hard for me to fathom, and again, this is without diving really deep into windmills, but it's hard for me to fathom that that huge structure pays off in the long run. You know, the construction of it, what it takes to get it up there, the cost that it takes in cost savings and even energy savings. It just seems wild to think that that can be better for the environment. And that story we had earlier, you know, the Thruway Authority spent over $8 million for several wind turbines, and they don't even work. Now, part of that's their fault. They didn't do the study to ensure that they would work the way that they set them up. It was too windy (laughs) for the windmill. Uh, But, you know, that's $8.1 million they'll never get back. And even if it worked perfectly, it would have taken 27 years for the project to pay off. Talking about greenbacks here, not necessarily pay off for the environment, but still, it's a very long time for that investment to really show anything. So, a complicated issue, I think less complicated is what's going on in Kenmore. I said we're going green here. This green space that, uh, well, we were at the break. A lot of you must have checked out those pictures. Uh, comments in on our text board, 803-0930, if you want to weigh in today. Give me a call, eight zero three zero nine three zero. either the windmills or this story out of Kenmore, where, once again, we talked about this at the end of last year. One business owner saying enough is enough. This green space that was put all over Kenmore was a bad idea from the get-go, and now it's even worse, because look at what happened. Check out the photos. Again, I said I won't lie to you. You want to see those photos at WBEN.com. It is a patch of dirt and weeds, and this is what the mayor, Patrick Mang, had to say about it to WBEN.
2: Well, What I don't understand is why when we try to do a nice project like this and, and, and improve our community, that certain individuals just don't see that the value in it.
1: Why don't we see the value in it? Well, I'm looking at a pile of dirt and weeds at the side of the road, and I'm wondering, how does that improve the community exactly? I mean, that's why. You really can't believe why people don't see how this is improving the community and why people don't see the value? Something tells me this was not money well spent. You have to see it to believe it yourself, WBEN.com. But basically what the village did was plant this grass, say, oh, it's a beautification project. A lot of people, even the person raising this complaint, Joe Farage, he said, I get what they're trying to do. I get that it could look nicer. But they're not thinking about how it's going to actually work. Typical government, right? And what happens in the long run is this. If you give somebody, hey, you're a, And listen, this guy owns a printing business. If you did this to me in front of my house, you know, I'll cut the grass, but you, you look at the areas where my dogs run around and I can't grow grass. I can't grow grass. I can't grow anything. I don't have a green thumb. So what do you do? You go around the entire uh, village... And you plant this green space, and then you tell the businesses, "Hey, uh, all right, this is yours now. Make sure it looks nice, or else you might be fined." Well, what if I can't make it look nice? Now I have to hire somebody to come in here and make sure my lawn is green. I didn't want a lawn. I, that's why I have this space. I'm not a landscaping business. I print things. I print signs. Like the one that's out there now and says, which architect planned this green space and who approved it? (laughs) It's a great sign. Because it's just a bunch of dirt and weeds and the way it's set up is it's backwards in many instances. And what did you expect to happen? Over on our text board, yeah, take this green space, care for it, fix it up. And if you don't, we'll penalize and fine you. I mean, that's kind of what happened. Someone says, as a Kenmore resident, I can attest services and village cooperation between residents, business, and government has declined in recent years. And a lot of people uh, chiming in, right? On whether this was a good idea or not, it's a good idea for the town or village or city or wherever you live, if whoever puts it in place, is also going to maintain it, right, I, I mean, shouldn't that be the common sense of it, like, hey, we're going to, I mean, to knock on somebody's door one day and say, all right, this is what we're going to do, we're going to dig this up, expand the curb a little bit, put some grass here, and uh, then that's yours, Enjoy. be like, what? No, please don't. Stop. I I don't think anybody would have a problem if they said, all right, here, we're going to expand the curb here, dig this up, plant some grass, and then, you know, we'll come by at least once a week to make sure it's all looking nice. Okay, well, that's fine. I I don't think anybody would have a problem. But that's not what the village is doing, certainly. And if they are, I think they need somebody else who has a green thumb. Someone saying instead of that uh, Biden sticker, there should be a sticker of uh, a. <laughs> here's your next sign. A picture of the mayor pointing to the grass, saying, "I did that." <laughs> That's a good idea. That's on the text board. Eight oh three oh nine thirty. I I mean this. It's a bad idea. You can see it play out. Some people saw it before this happened, others didn't. But I. It's one of these things where why dig your heels into a bad idea or certainly don't make this comment before you see what it actually looks like
2: well what i don't understand is why when we try to do a nice project like this and, and, and improve our community that certain individuals just don't see that the value in it
1: because you can't marry that comment with the visual of what you're seeing which it looks and i'm not a stickler I don't need, you know, Augusta on every curb. But it looks atrocious. And to say that, you know, why do people see the value? I mean, that's a big disconnect. That that needs to end. At some point, you do have to admit, okay, we were wrong or we need to figure out a way how to do this better. And that, I think, is what's happening right now over in Kenmore. I, do you have an instance like this? I mean, what is the thing in your neighborhood that was just a mistake, just the the worst thing that they did, and you wish they took it back, that maybe everyone realized was a mistake? They built something up. Maybe it's planting some green space somewhere. Whatever it is, the town, your village, your city took some action, put something in place. And now it's like instant regret. Because I think that is the case of this green space in Kenmore that turns out to just be dirt. I think that's probably the case of those windmills along the throughway that cost over $8 million and never worked. But I'm trying to think of, you know, what that is around my neighborhood right now. You know, what what is something that they did that was, you know, maybe the idea behind it was very nice But just at the end of the day, nothing good came of it. You built it up to a lot of fanfare. And then the end result, like, ah, was this really a good idea? I'll tell you what, they tried to, near me, they tried to pin that on the uh, bicycle hub they put in the city of Tonawanda. And they spent a good chunk of change building up this you know, it's basically like a rest stop along the long bike trail that goes along the Niagara River. You know, connects. You can go all the way Niagara Falls, Buffalo, Rochester, anyway. Uh, and, and they built this very nice shelter. It's got places where you can fix up your bike. It's got bathrooms, changing rooms, uh, lockers, and people do kind of point. I'm the other way on that. I still would stand by. I think that's a good idea. I think it makes the area look nicer. You have to consider what was there before, which was a broken down parking lot that would have had to be replaced anyway. And they made something nice there that, you know, I don't know if it gets the use as with every bike. You you just you could just say bikes and have an answer in almost any city, village or town, whether it's bike lanes or something like that. I don't know how many people are fixing up their bikes at this shelter every day. But I still think it was a good idea. Look, it looks nice. It gives a place for uh, people to hang out and drink out of brown bags in the middle of the day. No, but, you know, it's uh, for neighborhood events. When they do uh, food trucks and music and everything like that in the summer, it is a very nice area. And I still think that was a good idea. But that's one that people try and pin like, ah, that was we should have. Never have done that. But I'll stand by that. That was City of Tonawanda. I do think bike lanes in certain spots are maybe not the best idea. I think about the intersection right here by our offices. At When you go on Maple Road. Or no, no, excuse me. You're on Sweet Home Road going toward Maple. And there's a bike lane there that cuts off and now you have to sideswipe an imaginary bicyclist to get to the turning lane if you want to make a right on a sweet home road. I think that's not a great idea. <laughs> if, if I had to redesign that, you know, just to encourage someone on a bike to ride right in the middle of a busy part of sweet home road, by a lot of traffic by U B, and then tell cars, well, if you uh, want to make a turn, which a lot of people do, because then you're turning toward all the shopping on the boulevard, the mall, the restaurants, that you're just gonna have to cut right through this bike lane, and somehow that makes sense. I, I would put that on the list of ah, maybe in retrospect this was not the best idea. Maybe we could have widened the sidewalk a little bit and said, hey, uh, just for this one place, uh, bikes are allowed a little off the street. Someone saying in Williamsville, a mural on the side of the library, which I can't picture. I wish I had a picture of this because I would give you my two cents on that piece of art. But I can't picture exactly what you're talking about. And then there's the, someone said the blinking light in the middle of Main Street that blinks red when you're supposed to stop. I like those signals, even though people still haven't quite figured them out. Not quite a stop sign, but gives uh, people a place to cross. The Hawk signal, I like those. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with those. But what is that? Think about that over the weekend. Maybe you get back to me on Monday. Had a fun week with you here. Um, and I will be back. We'll see if Joe's around on Monday. Uh, back here on As and Beamer on WBEN.